this is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. Welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast, proudly sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has it all, daily, weekly, and season-long best ball tournaments that are literally happening 365 days a year. Plus, you can play their pick and prop games and you get five picks right and you can win 20 times your money. Don't got to be good at math to find out. That's fucking fantastic. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code TNFF, and you will get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. I'm your host, Jim Nastic. You can find me and my big fat head on Twitter at GoldJacketQBs. I am joined, as always, by the other host of this show, Connor Donald. He can be found on Twitter at Connor10, that's T-E-N, not a one and a zero. We are proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. Make sure to check out the entire network on Twitter at True North FFB on YouTube. If you're watching now, thank you. That's a TNFF network and on the internet at TrueNorthFFB.com where you can find articles, rankings, podcasts, streams, so much more. Tonight, after the two-week hiatus because of some unforeseen circumstances that happened between myself and Connor, we are back to talk about eight weeks of division football. We're headed to the AFC North. We're talking each team and their fantasy-relevant positions, and we're presenting gold and fool's gold. But first, Connor, what is happening? Yeah, I have to apologize because you always brag up how I'm always the guy that's here. And, well, my son was responsible for two weeks ago, and then Rogers was kind of responsible for a week ago. So don't worry, I'm going to get like 400 bucks. Jim told me to do it. I'm joining the class action lawsuit. They are not the most reliable network, so don't worry. We will fix that up. But otherwise, I'm doing good, man. So pumped to be back. And of course, you see a third face. We have a guest tonight. It is Ellis. He is a fantasy football writer for at Roto Baller, and he is an ECR contributor for Fantasy Pros. And, of course, we had to bring him on because look at that hat. He is an AFC North fan, specifically the Cincinnati Bengals. Welcome back, Ellis. You can find him at yo, it's Ellis underscore FF on Twitter. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Connor, for the intro, man. It's great to be back. I've, I've missed the two of you. I missed the whole True North crew, guys. It's great to be back with my, with my family. So uh, I'm stoked to start talking about my favorite division and – on top of it, like the conference champions division, because um, I know I know Jim and Kansas might be having a great time. So, uh, you know, I'm ready to go, man. This will be a lot of fun. Well, let's do it. I know there's going to be a lot of trash talking between you and Jim, between Jim yelling no at his talk. kids and yelling about the Bengals and the Chiefs. But let's get to it. Let's start with the quarterback position. I, I created this particular order far before we invited Ellis on, but it's only fair that each gets their start at the top. So we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens, and we're going to start with Lamar Jackson. Um, I'll start off by saying I love Lamar Jackson, and um, the rumors are that the Ravens are moving back to a more run-heavy scheme this year, um, which sets 
Of course, Mar Jackson up for a big season again, potentially a return to his QB1 2019 season where he averaged 28.2 points per game. He was a QB7 last season, despite being bothered by his ankle injury for much of it. He was on pace for his first 4,000-yard passing season, a third straight 1,000-yard rushing season, and was actually due for his lowest touchdown output. Last season, he averaged 240 passing yards per game, and in 2019, he averaged 208.5. So there was a huge increase, and now they want to take a massive step back. So... We'll start with you, Ellis. What's your thoughts on Lamar Jackson? I mean, he was kind of getting like some shade at the beginning of the offseason, but like he seems to be starting to get the rightful respect he deserves as the offseason has rolled on. Yeah, I really felt like people were kind of forgetting about him. I mean, I know last year and yeah, I was off on this, but he was my QB one overall. I was expecting a massive year. Uh, you know, he's he's just that good for fantasy, whether you want to call it cheating with the Russian QB and the stats and everything, or whether you just want to call it playing the game. The fact is, is he's literally fantasy gold. And so I'm stoked that he's finally getting a bit more respect. However, I still don't know if he's getting as much respect as, uh, as I think he deserves, truly. Like, I see you got your Eagles shirt on, Connor. And I got to say, like, I'm still taking LJ over uh, over Hertz. I understand that Hertz, he has all this upside and stuff. But the fact is, is, we've seen it before from LJ. I find those two going quite similar in drafts. I don't have their ADP pulled up, but uh, I know I've seen I've seen sometimes people take LJ before, sometimes they don't. Uh, but I'm all for it. You know, we've seen it happen before. I love I like that they they're transitioning the offense a bit more to the running. I don't think they want to pass it as much. They got J.K. Dobbins back. They're going to establish the run. They got Gus Edwards back. They're going to have a better defense. The defense was horrific last year. I think it's all all systems go when it comes to them. And no, I, I'm with you on this one, man. LJ is going to have a great year. I like it. What about you, Jim? What are your thoughts on uh, Lamar Jackson, the rumors of moving more to Russian offense again? Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Who the fuck is taking Hurts above LJ? Like, that's absolutely insane. Um, absolutely or insane. Close. Hey, hey, hey if, you, if you are in that league, you buy that fella a fucking couple more beers because – he let you have a gift with I'll, the LJ, and you're I'll share get this. more gifts in the later rounds. I'll tell you that much. I'll Jesus, share this. Absolutely. So Lamar Jackson, since the draft on Underdog Fantasy, because I like to look at since the draft because the draft shifts so much, so much of the landscape. Lamar Jackson, QB4, Jalen Hurts, QB6. Lamar Jackson, 51, Jalen Hurts, 62. They're kind of close. They're, they're around apart, but I can see the world where – you know, there might be someone who says, I'm going to pass on Lamar because I could get Jalen Hurts, which is ridiculous. And I'm an Eagles fan. But what, you got more to add, Jim, or, or is that it? You muted yourself. Oh, he's, he's muted. Ellis, I understand what you're saying, though. Like, I would not touch Jalen Hurts before Lamar Jackson or near it. Like, this feels way too close, but I understand, like, there's this world where people believe mobility is key, but his, like, there's no guarantees with Jalen Hurts. There's no guarantees he's even back the next season. Like, there is so many rumors going around. There's so much gossip going around about Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson that close to Jalen Hurts is... It's just weird. It's just weird. It it shouldn't be right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Sorry, I, I'm, I muted myself. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all good, Jim. You got to yell at your kids, and I prefer you yell yeah, at your no, kids. Yeah, no. So I, I'm all good no, for it. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, no, I, and I agree. And like, I know he is around earlier, but it's that classic, like, I believe LJ's in like the fifth round or something. And the thing is, is that people are like, oh, that's still too early for a quarterback. Like, it's just as good if I go and take Hurts. And I just don't see it that way. There's so many more question marks when it comes to Hurts. And I don't know, I, the, the hype train's going a bit too far. And I think LJ's settled into the fourth spot. But really, I could see him being the – he could be the QB1. I actually – in my rankings, I am so close to putting him above Josh Allen. Like, I think he's going to have a monster year, even with the rushing. So that's kind of how I'm feeling. So you have him as your QB2? I have him as my three, actually. I got Herbert as my one, which I know Jim's going to wow. hate. Oh, my God. I think Herbert's going to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, oh I think it goes God. Herbert Allen, LJ. That's my that's my three right now. Obviously, we still have another got, two months. Where to, you got smoking Joe back there? I think I, I got him at seven. I'm pretty sure. Let me I go pulled up right here. Yeah, I, I got I got him sitting at six actually. Six or that's not bad. Yeah, he's actually seven on on underdog right now. So I mean, you're 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 falling in with the consensus, but but that yeah. that. Let, let's segue. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that everywhere, though. Like with, with Herbert, mm-hmm. eh? like he's getting that everywhere. He's getting that big bump. He's like top three every everywhere I see. He's usually. I know. I low, under like. I mean, we'll dive three. into him more down the road. But Patrick Mahomes, like, they feel like it feels like Ty, he lost Tyree Kill. So suddenly Tyree Kill made Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, like, I'm not prepared to believe that. But judging by the like consensus rankings, you can't sit there and say Tyreek Hill leaves, so Patrick Mahomes drops, and then not say that Tyreek Hill ma- didn't make Patrick Mahomes. That's basically uh, what you're saying by dropping him the way you dropped him, and that's kind of what I'm seeing. I don't know if I agree. Yeah, let me and, and while we're while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, while we're talking about uh, while we're talking about our, our rankings, like I'm just gonna put a bit of a disclaimer out there. Like, I love Josh Allen. I think he's a, I think he's an absolute stud, obviously for fantasy. But I always find I always try not to repeat or have projections of re- like repeated number one finishes. Just that statistically, it doesn't happen. And so, like as much as I might think he might be the one, I'm gonna take that shot on who I actually think could do it if it's not gonna be a repeat. And I think that's gonna be Herbert. Uh, and I don't think LJ with if they turn, tone down the passing, I don't think he'll have that upside to to be the one. Although he could be. Yeah, no, I was I gonna like say that. if, if like you that. look a That's couple my same years, same argument against Cooper Cup. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, think he can do it. I just think statistically, it's an anomaly. So, and like but, you yeah. look in in 2019, Lamar Jackson was a QB one, and he passed for 32 yards less than he did this year. So there's a world where that could happen, but is the Russian scheme more going to be directed towards Lamar Jackson, or is it going to be more to- directed towards the running backs and trying to tone back Jackson? Although every year they say we're going to take Jackson back a bit, yeah. and he's still on par for thousand-yard Russian seasons constantly because you just can't take the running out of a Russian quarterback like Lamar Jackson. I wish I set this up better and had Burrow number two, but I have the Pittsburgh Steelers as the second quarterback to discuss. Early reports indicate Mitch Trubisky. This is Mitch Trubisky's offense. Pickett's working with the third strings. Um, That could obviously because he be because he's a rookie, but the Steelers' offense can't get much worse. Honestly, they ranked twenty first in scoring, twenty third in total yards last season. In three seasons as a starting quarterback, at least 12 games, his per-game fantasy output was 29th, 11th, and 29th for Mitch Trubisky. 
I had this says, uh, get ready to sell at the first sight of good games for Mitchell Trubisky because I don't think that based on Pickett event being drafted in the first round, Pickett eventually is going to get his opportunity. Me and Jim have talked about this before. We've argued about it. I still think there's a world where Kenny Pickett starts week one. Jim disagrees with me. Um, Absolutely. But (laughs) But Trubisky for fantasy had 12 top 12 quarterback performances um, six of those were in his 2018 season where he was a QB 11. This was across 41 total games. So there is some extreme volatility with Mitch Trubisky if you decide to go with him in fantasy. Jim, let's start with you because you seem to have some love for Mitch <coughs> Trubisky. So well, show the love. I don't. Okay. I have an infatuation with Mitch Trubisky. Um <laughs> He was he was definitely taken a little bit as a reach when he was drafted, but he was on a disarray team that is still a disarray. Like they're now taking the same the same things happening with a top quarterback in Justin Fields. That's that that was happening with Mitch Trubisky. Like that that organization is 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 what I was really thinking is, is to blame. So Mitch Trubisky went from probably having to develop. Everybody said he needed a little bit of time to develop. Got thrown to the wolves, looked really bad on a shit organization with like one good plate, one good piece of info for him. He goes and sits behind Josh Allen and now becomes like the most sought. He was the most sought after quarterback in this offseason ahead of like guys that have starting jobs that eventually got traded. They, they, he was looked at by a lot of teams. Why? Because the Bills said he had the tools. So as much as I wanted to shit on Trubisky, even though he showed a little bit of flashes with, with, with the Bears, like very minimal flashes, he was set up for failure. Just the same as I see that they're setting up Justin Fields for failure. So now I want to see Trubisky, Trubisky starting week one. Like I don't understand how you think he's not. Like Pickett's been talked, talked about that he needs to sit. And the Steelers aren't stupid enough to fucking throw him to the Wolves like that. Steelers know that if, if there's a quarterback that they think is going to be the future – the best mentality for him to do is to to, to bring him along nice and slowly. Uh, that's what they'll do. So he's going to start. And if Trubisky shows any signs of, of competent quarterback play, I'm throwing it all on the Bears. Because, again, he was, like, sought after by, like, six teams this offseason. Maybe because it was cheap? No, because he was also good on the board. Like, he was a decent quarterback. They said he had the tools to do it. And, like, he was a, t- he was a top pitch quarterback. And, like – I don't think it's surprising that that the same thing's happening in Chicago with with Fields, a completely different styled quarterback than than Trubisky was, but still a quarterback that they said needed a little bit uh, needed a little bit of, of time to adjust to the NFL level. But um, like I said, he's going to start week one. He's probably going to start at least four or five weeks, I would say. Uh, and if he shows light on that, I don't think Pittsburgh's gonna gonna bench him if, if he's showing any anything good. They're gonna keep highlighting him because now that's a trade value because you're gonna go pick it next year for sure. I'm 100 percent of that. Like you're gonna go roll with Pickett. So if he's showing any sort of trade value and, and making their team look good, why not just like roll with Pickett behind the scenes and get him adjusted and, and keep it with Trubisky? Like I think it's gonna be a big test, but those first four weeks for sure, I think he's gonna gonna have uh have the leash man like so that that sorry sorry for the rant but that, that that's that's my belief so that 29 11 and 29 or whatever it was i'm sorry i have to bring it back up to look i don't think that's really um a fair accurate 
adjustment on him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody really has a good, true, accurate measurement on what Mitch Kravitsky can do. Fair. What about you, Ellis? What are your thoughts? Do you do you do you believe Trubisky will be the quarterback for an entire season, or do you believe and they're going to sit Pickett, or do you believe Pickett's going to get his opportunity at the first sight of weakness in a guy like Mitch Trubisky? I think Trubisky, like I, I do agree with Jim. I think he does start the the first um, the first week. However, like I do see a world where Pickett outplays him, but so far I've heard nothing really about Pickett. And I think, and I like your Trubisky take with his, his talent or his maybe potential untapped potential. And I actually, I, that sounded like me talking about Daniel Jones, but that's for another conversation because I feel very similar about something like that. Uh, anyways, but when it comes to Piggott, I disagree when it comes to Trubisky being so sought off after when it comes to free agency, like, yes, he was, but I think it more talks about who was available and what this draft class was like, like and which scares me even more for Pickett. So I'm kind of on this teeter-totter of, okay, well, yeah, Trubisky was so sought after, but the pe- people hated this draft class, right? Like, there was one quarterback in the first round, and arguably he shouldn't have even gone, to be honest. Like, Steelers probably could have waited and taken him in the second. Pickett's not – and he haven't heard anything saying that he's supposed to be great. It's supposed to be all over the place. I don't know. It's something I just want to go away from, and I could I could see a half a season each. I could see Trubisky the whole season. Don't think I see Pickett starting the week one. Either way, though, I, I'm so far out just on both. Don't want to touch it. Even Dynasty, honestly, I don't even think I would. Like, obviously, I'd roster them, and like they're good players, but I'm not interested. I'd be selling. Agree. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying Pickett is worth keeping or investing in. I just think the investment in the first round, which was crazy, as you said, but there was a lot of people who believed like Malik Willis would be going in the first round. There's a lot of people who still like buy into Malik Willis, like that he's going to have an opportunity and make <clears throat> Ryan Tannehill the most expensive backup quarterback in the, in the NFL next season. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, this quarterback class just wasn't good. And I, I mean, I've talked to people and I've seen things. Be careful about this year's class. There's going to be a major overcompensation for the fact that this year, past year's class was just so bad. And this idea, like, if you were tuned into the right people, you would have known this quarterback class, you wouldn't have been shocked that they fell to the third round. They were just this, not this good. They were just as bad, and they just weren't this NFL ready. And that just happens to be the circumstance. If you find the right people to follow and listen to, especially from a scouting perspective who don't look at it from a fantasy perspective, because obviously we know we just had the discussion a minute ago about Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Mobility kills for fantasy. That is what you want. You want a mobile quarterback. That's why everyone loves Malik Willis because he was a mobile quarterback. And it just so happens that that isn't always what the NFL is looking for. You want someone who you can plug and play today, some of these teams. So the, the picket pick was weird for me. And I know I attacked this quarterback class and last quarterback class very aggressively, but it's because there will be an overcompensation. And in my opinion, there was like this quarterback class was just really that bad and people aren't willing to admit it. So we'll move on to the Cleveland Browns. This is an interesting circumstance because we don't have a whole lot to go off of right now. There's rumors that Deshaun Watson could be looking at a year, although judging by the rumors, it doesn't look like he's going to get a year. 
Then there was rumors about 12 games. It looks like he doesn't want to accept that. It kind of looks more like it could be four to eight games. Um, so he should be back at some point this season. I almost think it's guaranteed he's coming back at some point this season. Um, and if it's Jacoby Brissett, I mean, I think it's a completely complete avoid. So let's speak from a purely dynasty perspective because we're going to be looking forward. There's a ton of money built into Deshaun Watson. The minute that man can play, he is stepping on the field for the Cleveland Browns. There's no denying it. So Ellis, do you think, I'm going to say, do you think he can be, he's going to be a top eight quarterback? He hasn't been on the field at this point. He's going to be almost two years removed from being on an NFL football field. Can Deshaun Watson reclaim being a top eight quarterback right off the bat that you can trust in fantasy? Yeah, Connor, I appreciate you tossing this to me first, but I'm going to make it nice and quick. Uh, honestly, I'm not ranking Deshaun Watson. He's not even in my ranks. I don't, I don't want to rank him. I don't want to roster him. I understand that a lot of people play fantasy to be objective. I I can't look past what he what he allegedly and I mean quite frankly with his smoke that fire. So I don't think he plays this whole season. I really hope he doesn't. If he does, I'm just going to be disappointed in a lot of people and a lot of things. Uh, I'll be disappointed as a fan of the NFL too. So I I I'm not touching Deshaun. I don't want him in anything, and that's just a personal decision. I totally respect anyone who has other opinions. Uh, I do disagree though when you said Brissett might be absolutely nothing. I kind of like Brissett. He's a very functional kind of QB. He's, he's a, he's way, I think he's better than like the Teddy Bridgewater that we saw the last two years. And yet he's getting treated quite similarly. You know, he, he started, he started and played a full five games last year and he tossed for about 200, 200 or more in four of the five. Well, one of them, 199, but come on now. And he also had some pretty good rushing numbers. Like he, he did pass, like he passed for five. So he's good for a touchdown a game. He also had a rushing touchdown too. I, in a two QB league, like I know in my, I just least my home picked him up off of the wire. I think, like I said, I'm hope open Watson doesn't play, uh, but I, I think percent's very functional. And in a two QB super flex, you know, you could do a lot worse, I think, when it comes to that. So that's what I'll spiel about the Cleveland's quarterbacks. Absolutely. And we respect your decision not to speak on it. I, 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 I agree. It is definitely a discussion that has very is very twofold and two sided and, and people think very differently about it. Jim, anything you want to add on the front of uh, Deshaun Watson and on the front of, you know, Kobe Brissett, maybe? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I don't want to argue about anything. I think he plays, though. I do think he plays. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about anything else about that. I think he plays. Uh, I think he probably gets like four games, six, four it, to six. It, it unfortunately comes down to the almighty hand of Roger Goodell. No, Sue Robinson. Comes down to the pen of Sue Robinson. Sue That's Robinson, and, and but Roger Goodell makes the ultimate call. So at the end of the day, we'll see what happens on that front. We'll move to the Cincinnati Bengals because we know this is a far more happy topic for Ellis and, and Jim. Uh, the Bengals offense is certainly high octane. I would argue that the passing offense and the passing volume feels a little over-exaggerated. They only rank 20th in pass attempts. They were eighth in pass yards per game, which is good and a sign of very strong effectiveness amongst Joe Burrow and his wide receivers. Burrow was a QB 10 in points per game, finished with nine top 12 performances, most memorably his run that probably brought some people championships 
two QB one performances in champ in the pre-championship and the championship week, week 16 and 17. Otherwise, six of his nine top 12 performances landed him between eight and 12 um, on the week for quarterback. He does possess high-end top five efficiency and per attempt yardage, but he's going as a QB like seven and eight right now. Are people drafting him at his ceiling? I hate that I started with Ellis last time because I really want to start with him. So I'm sorry, Jim, but I'm going to start with Ellis. Do you think people are drafting him at his ceiling? Like, do you think this is like what you saw last year is the top for Joe Burrow? There's no ceiling for Joe Shiesty, man. That's your first mistake here, okay? There is there's no ceiling for what this man can do. He can rock, he can rock the shades, he can rock the suits, he could he could be the best. He's basically Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna go that far. Uh, <laughs> but no, what I when it comes to it, I don't think it's necessarily his ceiling. Uh, I, I think it just with that offense and what that line could be. Obviously, I'm not trying to be too much of a homer here. But I think we could see a little bit of an increase. And I, I don't think it's going to be first overall or maybe cracking the top four. But, you know, we're, we're looking at that. We're looking at that fifth QB spot, let's say. And, you know, some people have Mahomes. You know, I could see him cracking out with a massive year. Um, sorry, Jim, I hate to say that, right? You know, we've seen Rodgers do it the last few times. Russell Wilson could have a great year. Like, I think he's firmly in that tier. Uh, but you're right. I think it is more likely that he finishes more about 9-10 without his rushing upside. Although he does run in a bit, the fact is it really comes down to what you think of that line. If you think that we're going to – if you think that we, as in the Bengals, are going to be better than last year with this line and we filled the hole and there's not going to be a Super Bowl hangover, then, yeah, no, I don't think it is a ceiling. However, if you think the Super Bowl hangover trumps the line, then, you know, he had such a great season. It's hard to replicate 20-plus yard plays, even with a guy like Jamar Chase, who you know I love, even with a guy like T. Higgins. The fact is, it's big plays are hard to hard to maintain. So I, I actually I like where he's going. I like that seven eight. I think it, I think it's fair. I think it's fair balancing the hype with with the people who think it's not going to repeat. But I think it's going to be that eight to ten if I was to put money on where he's going to be. I like it, Jim. What about you? Thoughts on thoughts eight, on Joe eight. Burrow? Man, eight to ten's right in the wheelhouse. This that that motherfucker can crock tap five easy. Uh, it's not. It's not out of the range of outcomes. They pass a lot. They pass a lot, man. And they got and why not? You got an LSU connection already where he already has chemistry shown to have it with Jamar Chase. Amazing. They got a former wide receiver. Uh one uh, first round. No, sorry, second round. Was he second round pick T. Higgins? Second, yeah. Yeah, second round pick T. Higgins, who I mean could be a wide receiver one on any team. And then you got a guy that was consistently showing you a thousand yard seasons while you were waiting for Chase to show up there in Tyler Boyd. Everybody forgets about Tyler Boyd, the, the odd man's uh odd man out there, man. But if that's your team's wide receiver three, god damn. Like, like that, like that's nasty. That's nasty. I would like Tyler Boyd as the Chiefs wide receiver one right now. I would take him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no joke. I, I appreciate that. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you got Joe Mixon, man. Like that motherfucker's got hands, and he's had hands uh, in college, man. So, um, no joke about that. I guess I just realized that after when I said that, but hands in college. Um, 
Uh, no, but seriously, seriously, like he can catch and they throw a lot of dump off passes too to him, right? Like they're not scared. They're not scared to do it. So like he can crack it. He can definitely crack uh top five, but yeah. And that, that eight to 10 range, I have no problem with that. Like he's a dangerous motherfucker, but I do think he's getting drafted out of the ceiling though. Like where I'm seeing him, like I, I'm seeing him go like literally top four. Like I'm seeing like the take your pick of Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, and then it's Burrow. Like it's those three that I'm seeing, and, and Burrow, or maybe LJ's getting in there for one of those three. But like Burrow's usually there, like right there. Uh, if he's not four, maybe five, but he's usually four that that I've been seeing. So like that to me is a ceiling. I'm saying he can maybe crack the top five, and I'm seeing him drafted at four. Like fuck, give me the value on who you just passed on then. But uh, he he can hit it, but again, like I don't think at that point the juice is worth the squeeze. But if you're getting him as your QB eight, like oh that's that's money, that's money. Right yeah, there. yeah, I would agree. If you're getting him at like seven, eight, nine, like you can comfortably say he's gonna be my QB one year in and year out for the next X amount of years. But QB four, that's that that's rich because to me, Joe Burrow doesn't present the mobile upside that some of these other guys are gonna pass on. No, will give but you. he. He can handle two top-tier wide receivers, though. He like, can, absolutely. He, he can do that where a lot of quarterbacks can't say that in this fucking league. It's, so, it's I guess like the, the so I guess the thing, the, the debate there would be, do you value the, the ability to carry two wide receivers by 250, 300 yards rushing, or do you value the prospect of a 1,000-yard, 800-1,000-yard rusher, X amount of touchdowns on the ground as a, as a rusher, but a quarterback? It really depends on what you value in your quarterback. I feel like that value more comes to you are good to invest in Chase. You are good to invest in Higgins, but maybe you should be the guy to pass on on Joe Burrow and grab the mobile quarterback. It's it's a debate, and I like it. Um, what about Connor? Who? On that, sorry, Connor. On that Fire note, away. I want to ask you, man. Being the Eagles fan, and I think they're side by side in ADP. Are you taking Burrow or Hurts? Yeah, we talked about it. I would take Burrow because he has job security. And that's the biggest thing for me because the Philadelphia Eagles, if you're a Jalen Hurts owner, you got to take that peak value because if you can get that peak value in a trade for him, that's awesome. Because well, what you about don't redraft? know about next year. Yeah, redraft, what about redraft though? Yeah. I'd take Burrow. I'd take Burrow because I trust the consistency. He was a consistent quarterback. Like you, I read the I read the stats out for you in regards to like he gave you nine top twelve performances in seventeen weeks, and when he was outside of that, he was still respectable. So to me, I can still respect that. And I know that Jalen Hurts started out extremely well, and then they turned to a run heavy offense, so things started to taper off. I think the majority of Jalen Hurts' fantasy relevancy came in the first half of the season, and then tapered off. So. To me, I want to go with someone who I know I can trust, and I think I can trust Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. No, no Homer, obviously, because I, I just I have that belief and trust that Joe Burrow can deliver. And I mean, we read the underdog ADP off before Jalen Hurts, if I'm not mistaken, is going before he is. He's going before Joe Burrow. Eight eight spots ahead of Joe Burrow. Side by side, six and seven, but you can still get one of them. 
So if I was to take the choice, I would definitely pick. That's like a that's like an impromptu double double right there by Ellis. I would take Joe. Burrow. I like it. Um, what about gold? <laughs> what about gold and fool's gold, Jim? Throw me your gold quarterback and your fool's gold quarterback. Oh man, the gold's got to be LJ. Uh, like like Ellis said, man, he can he can be the the quarterback one. And he's the only one in this group that I can see it happening. And he's being like the only one to, that can do it. That's that you're getting a real discount on. Really, I would think out of the guys that can hit the the quarterback one, that's the, he's giving you the biggest discount. So for sure, that that's going to be my gold. Um, my my fool's gold is uh, investing in Kenny Pickett because I don't think he plays this whole season, and I don't think Pittsburgh's really going to be invested in that quarterback very long. As soon as they see this other quarterback class and if they can get a good one, right? If they're in that range to hit a good quarterback, man, I don't know. I don't know. Any of these quarterbacks drafted this year, I don't think these teams are really that invested in them, but that's me. I think that's the fool's gold for me. What about you, Ellis? I got to say my initial thoughts was Jim just stole it right from my mouth. So we got to pivot <laughs> here and our quick, I'm going to stick with the fool's gold being picket. And that's in a dynasty sense as well. Uh, I just, I don't think, People, people see that he's a first-round quarterback and stuff, but you're right. It's the big picture. It's what do the scouts think. It's everything like that. And I'm worried – well, I'm not worried as a Bengals fan, but as a, as a football fan, that the Steelers might have shot themselves in the foot by selecting him. Uh, and then, so you know what? Our gold then – obviously, LJ's great. Burrow's the guy. Trubisky might be gold for the time that he's starting. And I think that you can get him for nothing in a super flex league if we're talking redraft. Even if you're uh, really rocky on quarterbacks in a dynasty or anything, you can get them for nothing. We've seen him have those monster weeks. I, I know in at least in like once again in our home league, he had one of the top ten scores for a player up until last year, and we were we've had this league for like six years. I forget what week it was, but I remember he just went nuclear. He can do that, and so I think he very well could be gold if you're really struggling and and you can believe that he's going to start four plus teams this season, he might be worth a shot. Love it. That is a, that is a fun one. That is a good one. Let's move into the running back position, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee Harris. There's a lot of people who are concerned about Najee Harris and his running style and losing some touches, but the man is just a massive opportunity. He was the RB6 last season, number one snap share and opportunity share. He saw 86.4% of opportunities among running backs. Um, including number two in carries, number one in targets. Even if we take away call it five opportunities per game, he could be seeing 18 touches a game or more, plus the Steelers ranked 23rd in rush rush attempts last season. So I think he can lose touches. He can become more effective if the offensive line is a little bit better because he did rank third in stuffed runs, second in drops, 53rd rank in true yards per carry, thanks to a 53rd rank run block Raiden. Listen, I understand there's great concern around Najee Harris and his running style because he's a very aggressive runner. He just runs right into the pile. And obviously we talk about, well, by the age of 25, by the age of 26, you know, we become very concerned with them. And if he's continuing to run like this and he's 23 going on 24 years old, it's a major concern. So let's start with you, Jim. I know we've had some discussions in our group chats about Najee Harris. What are your thoughts on Najee Harris going forward for fantasy? So I have two different, really, perspectives on it. It's like uh, it's a coin toss, really. 
And it really depends on, and this is a cop out, I really hate to say it, but like your roster build. If you are in a win now championship mo team where you got your wide receiver set, you're set on your, your quarterback, you just got bumped out of like maybe the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, Najee Harris is a guy that I don't I don't mind going after. Uh, because he's gonna give you this year for sure the volume next year, and then I don't really care. That's your window. You're you're going for this year, next year. If you stumble fucked your way into Najee Harris last year because your team absolutely was horrendous and you somehow didn't take the three first-round picks that you were offered immediately after that draft, I would immediately start looking to see that championship window team, what they're doing, and if you can get multiple firsts off of them. A fir- uh, first this year for, or a first next year, first in 2024, uh, first in like a bunch shitload of seconds in the player, like – that's what I'd be trying to do because, listen, by the time that, that you've built your team, your window with Najee, I think, is over for that. So, like, that, I mean, it's a bullshit cop-out, but, but that's what I'd be looking to do. Because like I said, if you got Najee last year, your team was absolutely trashed the year before. Or you were really good at trading and you had somebody's trash, trash team's first-round pick because you drafted them early, right? Like, straight up, you drafted them, you drafted them pretty early. Um. Yeah, and if you didn't walk around and, and take immediately the set, the two first, three first that were offered to you, or the two first and a comparable running back that was that was offered to you that maybe went down due to a freak circumstantial injury, um, I think that was the wrong move. So I think you should be trying to make that move right now. But like I said, if you're in a win now team, Najee is it. Like if you're going, if you're going for the run this year and next year. Not then, yeah. Take Najee, but don't, but don't be an asshole and try to fool yourself. Don't be a six and six or eighth place team that limps into the fucking playoffs with hope and high praises because two studs went down on the first place team and and you ended up banging into the playoffs and, and hoping. Like, come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's 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 not you. You're not the championship team. Just like take a step back and and really assess your assets. But like I said, if you're really a team that, that, that can go to the dance and, and diggy diggy, yeah, I don't mind getting Najee. Sorry. Aggr- aggressive, but I like it. Ellis, what about you? Any anything to add on Najee? I love Najee as a person. I am quite out on him as a fantasy player, at least for this next season. I know you guys are talking about dynasty and stuff. And and this once again, this isn't me trying to be any bias at all, but Najee's a great player. How I see it, though, is I don't see how he can replicate, if not get better this year, regardless of situation. Last year, he had, if you if you combine targets and his rush attempts, he had 501 opportunities. That is ridiculous. And it was by far the most in the league, too. That's something that either can't maintain, well, it won't maintain, and it, and it probably won't, especially with this new quarterback situation. The other side of it, too, though, is if you look at rookie running backs and everything, he's pretty much bottom in a lot of efficiency, efficiency metrics for last year. Now, yes, that you could say that's the line. You could say that's Ben, you can say that's a lot of things, but to me, and you, in order for him to repeat, which it looks like people are saying he's right now, ADP, the RB five, in order for him to repeat that, you either got to say, okay, his efficiency is going to take a huge step, which their line hasn't really changed or he's going to get the exact same amount of touches, which is also kind of a no bueno situation for me. And if that does happen, you got to start thinking injury. So my quick and dirty take here is he's ADP RB5. I got him for this year as my RB11. 
And I think he's a great player. I just don't know if we see that that elite running back upside. I like it. I, I can see it. You know what? I completely agree with it. Um, it, it. It's tough to get behind it, especially with the team and the circumstance that's there in Pittsburgh. So I absolutely agree. I concur. I, I, I brought forth some 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 statistics to try and play devil's advocate, but I can see the the issues around him. But what about the potential nod issues in Cleveland? Nick Chubb, he's been a top 24 running back in points per game since entering the league, including three straight top 10 season. seasons, yet he's being drafted outside of that on underdog. He ranks as a top 10, often top five running back in key efficiency categories, including true yards per carry, yards per touch, evaded tackles, breakaway runs, and yards created. Cleveland ranks seventh over the last three seasons in rush attempts per game at 287 and this shouldn't change with Brissett. Likely would not change with with Deshaun Watson because of the effectiveness of the running game and because that's the Kevin Stefanski way. Whether Johnson or Hunt, whoever ends up the number two, needs to be owned specifically Hunt. And I know that Jim is going to love to dive into Kareem Hunt. Hunt is a top 24 in points per game for the last five seasons, never averaging less than five, less than 12 and a half points per game in a season. He was a top 24 running back in four of six healthy season game season games last season. So, Ellis, let's start with you. Are people being a little tough on Nick Chubb? That that ADP is a little weird. The ADP is a little weird, and and it's funny because that's kind of around where I have him, and I really am trying to talk myself into here because everything should be there. Whether unfortunately Watson Watson does start, you know, it's a better offense. But if it's Brissett, it's literally there's often to live and breathe through the running game. Now, yes, there's two of them, and yes, he doesn't catch a lot of passes, which if you're full PPR, then I would see him more in that RB. I could see him almost like RB15 kind of range if it's full PPR. But really, he's he's kind of he's almost Derrick Henry-esque where it's like you're such an anomaly. It's hard to have you out of the top 12, especially when that O-line is probably second best in the league behind your Eagles. And they're just going to be running the rock all day long, basically, I think, regardless who's under center. So I I don't know. It's weird because I I feel kind of grossed out by him. I'm kind of with the public on this one. But the thing is, as I think about it, there's no reason to be, and he should be he should be a top back. I think the biggest thing is he misses games. You know him him and Hump between the two of them pretty much miss at least a minimum couple games every single season. What about you, Jim? Talk to me about Kareem Hunt. Where do you want Kareem Hunt to be traded to? Oh, man. He wants to stay in Cleveland. <laughs> okay. Hold on one second. Well, hey, Connor, I, let's go to you, man. What hold on, do you hold think on, hold on. Oh. Okay, here we go. Sorry, man. <clears throat> okay, so, like... Man, I actually don't. I actually don't mind this this guy stay, staying in Cleveland. Uh, good offense for him, I believe. You know, I like the two back system. We've already talked about most teams going to the RBBC anyway, and I think it's because of this model, right? Like they're seeing, they're literally seeing it be successful um, to close out games. Anyway, besides that fact, like what? Uh, 
I'm th- totally thrown off. Uh, I like Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I love the fact like you can get him wicked late too. Like late. Like fuck. Where where is he going? Like RB 24, 25? Like RB 30 and underdog. That is redraft esque. But I mean, you can guarantee at that ballpark in dynasty, if not lower. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful to me. I mean, he has standalone value. He's much like uh, a Melvin Gordon to me in, in that backfield with Javante. Like he has standalone value in that backfield. And then if God forbid Chubb goes down, explodes. If one of their pass catchers goes down, I think he explodes. I think they go to two more two back sets. And the fact, uh, I think the public's right on Nick Chubb. Like, I think that RB13 range is, is right around right for him where he's going to end up finishing. But, like, why grab him there? Why grab him when you can just wait? And and I, me personally, I'd rather take value somewhere else on a different team, different slice of the pie, wait four more rounds, and then and then get Kareem Hunt. You know what I mean? Like, that that's my thinking anyway. I was going to go, say, after uh, who's RB12? Swift? RB12 is Javante Williams. Oh, that's ironic. I mean, I wouldn't take Javante Williams <laughs> there at all. <laughs> so I'd be passing that, that was, one too and going for, for Melvin Gordon. I mean, let me make sure my, my math is right, but Kareem Hunt's going 94, Nick Chubb's going 25, and you said four rounds difference. I'm just going to say there's a bit more than four rounds difference between the two of them. Listen, I was just like quick off the top, right? Like, and then like I said, all, all depends. Like, even with the Scott Fishbowl that that I'm in right that that we're drafting right now. So like, Buddy was saying like uh, a player X went in in round ten, and I grabbed him in round twelve. Right? He's like, oh, but like he was he was still wide receiver forty five. You know what I mean? Like in both drafts, he was wide receiver 45. It was just your draft went different. It went wide receiver heavy, and you had to reach at, at this player for two round two rounds ahead, right? Like, I don't know. It's just an anomaly. Sorry, man. I'm ranting all over the place. I apologize, Ellis. I agree. Oh. It, it, it is an anomaly, but it's okay. We're going to move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to move on to Joe Mixon. After an injury plagued 2022, he finally exploded to his best season in 2021 finishing as the rb5 in points per game if we cut out 2020 that's three straight 1100 yard seasons he's ranked seventh in opportunity share seeing 21 touches per game last season he did see a big season of 16 touchdowns on a fifth ranked 50 red zone touches including 13 on the goal line this all happened with an improving offensive line which as ellis has already alluded to may be improving even further Despite his limited passing game use, he still ranked seventh in routes run. So no matter what, he was on the field. He was either running the ball. He was running a route. No matter what, he was creating an opportunity for himself. It finally happened. People were starting to fade Joe Mixon, and it happened. He exploded. He had the best points per game output season in his career, and I mean, I get it. They're talking about Chris Evans. They're talking about, you know, there could be someone who takes some touches away. But to me, this feels like Najee Harris, but more, way more effective. Way more effective. You can take three to five touches away from Joe Mixon, and he will be just fine. Jim, take it away. What's your thoughts on Joe Mixon? Oh, I love Joe. 
this is like I love Joe, and I like how you even alluded, like just alluded, like this is like Najee Harris, because I've been saying for a while that those two teams are built eerily similar, except they kind of met in the middle last year, where one's on the up, obviously Cincinnati, one's on the very much down, which is Pittsburgh, where I said like they're you know they're built similar. Yeah, the only thing that was missing was their quarterbacks. I think Big Ben was on the way down, Joe Burrow's on the way up. Three elite wide receivers, except they're getting dismantled. Juju's gone now. Deontay's probably going to go if he has a good season this year. Like, it's just – it's falling apart. Um, the line's falling apart. It used to be Pittsburgh had a mean bully line. Now the Bengals are getting a mean bully line that are getting, like, a, a nice yard push off. Like, man, it's sexy, man. And, like, for those people that waited with Joe Mixon and, and saw and believed and, and saw the talent that, that he had, and stayed true to it and just took the value that was given to him on, on last year. Congratulations, man. Like you finally, it finally happened for you. Now and I what think about, he's probably getting, I think he's getting drafted a little too high now, to be honest with you, like where, where, where he's going. But I was going to say, what about me. the irony that I'm staring at Najee Harris, RB six, Joe Mixon, RB seven, going 10 and going 14. What about the irony of that? Ellis, is there anything more praise you want to add as far as Jim went? Man, I just, I, I actually, I love this division for so many reasons, but one of it is the easy and quick comparisons. And Najee Harris and him are very close, whether it comes to ADP and how people are drafting them. And no sense to take Najee over Mixon. You got a better offense, got a better offensive line. Sure, you might have a little bit less work, but that should really balance out with the efficiency and everything. Mixon's that talented. He showed it last year. I think he might be one of the safest picks. Even when it comes to safety, I think he's safer than Dalvin Cook. I think he's safer than Swift. And I love I love those guys. I think Swift could be huge. But I think he, he is your rock solid, almost, almost kind of like Nick Chubb, as we were talking about. I think I, I'd take him over Nick Chubb, but he's, he's just going to be good. He's going to get the touches. But the difference is with that Bengals offense and that potential line, he could have an 18-touchdown season, let's be honest. Obviously, not likely, but that offense is good enough to support that. Eckler just put up 20 last year. The offense is good enough to do that, and if he does that, he could be the one, the two, the three. Depends who gets injured. So, no, I'm with Jim on this, and I like that you mentioned Captain America because I think Chris Evans is the number two, and if I'm in Dynasty, I'm trying to grab him and maybe flip him to the mix and owner if he ends up going down. I like it. Interesting take. We love a good take like that. Jim's loving it. What about the Baltimore Ravens? The Ravens' back sh- backfield was a makeshift mess last year after Dobbins and Edwards both tore their ACLs. Ravens went back. To- Ravens want to move back to more of a run-focused offense in 2022, but it looks like they're not rushing Dobbins back. They're not rushing Edwards back. It looks like they're going to take their time with those two. Dobbins did explode late in the 2020 season, ranking seventh in fantasy yards, fantasy points per opportunity, while seeing a 40% snap and opportunity share, um, with just over 10 opportunities per game. He had a 10 run, t- had a top 10 blocking rate on the offensive line, and was highly effective, ranking first in true yards per carry, thirds in yards per touch, and fourth in breakaway runs. Unfortunately. It feels like he's being drafted really high for the potential opportunity he's going to be given. We talked about Lamar Jackson. We talked about what he takes away from that running game. And we talked about the idea that a makeshift backfield was able to be 
semi-effective last season behind this offensive line and with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback for the most part. Ellis, I ask you, J.K. Dobbins, RB21, an underdog. Thoughts? I am. I'm so out, man. I mean, I actually don't mind that 20 to 24, but the more I think about it, when it comes to actually taking them, can't do it. I think the biggest thing here is that not all ACL tears are created equal. Uh, there was a really good article that Tariq Cohen actually wrote himself that discussed his ACL tear and why it took him so long to come back. And, the fact and they just say they're taking their time. But at this point of what the recovery should be for a quote, simple ACL tear, it should be better than this right now. So I'm really concerned about that. And the fact is, is even with LJ in that offense and just how much that wants to run, you know, him and Mixon might have the best, the highest upside of the division. He very well could be amazing. He's been efficient. He's been great. Maybe Gus Edwards is the one with the ACL complications and he might not be there and it might just be Dobbins. The fact is that's a lot of questions I don't want to touch. I haven't seen a one-back fantasy or one-back Baltimore fantasy guy in a long time, and I just don't want to take that this year, regardless where he's going. So, I know. I'm out. I'd rather have Cam Akers, let's put it that way, even after his injury. What about you, Jim? Anything you want to add on the J.K. Dobbins front? I like Dobbins, man, but, like, as a talent, I don't like him as a fantasy player. Um the, the, like the the saying is the juice isn't worth the squeeze and he's not he's not like run heavy offense and everybody's salivating at the at the point that look at how efficient he was with minimal carries I think that run heavy offense is more leaning towards like yeah listen we're gonna gun it back and let LJ run a little more like that's the part of the run heavy offense I think is gonna is gonna really happen I think that same split's gonna happen already that you saw with Gus and and uh whoever was makeshifted in, but now it's just going to be L. It's going to be uh, JK and, and Gus. And um, who is it back there? Who they just signed? Fuck. Mike Davis. Yeah, that's it. Uh, big leg Mike. Um, <laughs> Quads. Uh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think like, it's just going to be a mix of those three guys, like minimal, but like the advance on that rushing is going to be LJ. Like, we're going to let you scramble more. We're going to have more design runs for you. We're going to let you safely run it in the end zone. Like those. And that's the carries that I really care about. Like, come on, guys. Like, really? Like, Ellis, what carries do you care about? Me? You're running back? I want from the five and in. Like, those are money carries, man. Like, you better be getting some money carries. Like, that was another sexy stat you were saying with with uh, with uh, Mixon there. Like, he was get, Yeah, he was getting some money carries, man. Like, that's... That's something that gets you a chub there, right? <laughs> I love it. We're going to move into the wide receivers as much as I want to throw Golden Fool's goal. We talked a lot about quarterback and running back, so we'll jump into the wide receivers. We'll talk about the Cleveland Browns. Um, to me, without Watson, this wide receiver room is going to struggle. We asked, last year, the Browns wide receivers struggled to the tune of a 31st-ranked scoring fantasy wide receiver group, averaging 23 points per game. There is the added value of getting them cheap. However, there is, they do possess significant volatility. Look at Amari um, uh, Cooper. 
He averaged 13 points per game or more in six of seven seasons. But remember, there's some really ugly stats that stand out where the majority of his points come in two or three or four games um, in a single season. Then you got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's the best shot at the wide receiver, too, who is a massive big play waiting to happen in the yards per, per reception, ranking third among wide receivers, fourth in average depth of target, and fifth in contested catch situations. There's David Bell. He's got the monster college career, but a limited athletic profile. And then you got Anthony Schwartz, who's got that 4-3 speed and that intriguing ability out of the backfield. Jim, thoughts on the Cleveland Browns wide receivers? I mean, they're being drafted in respectable positions, but there's going to be some extreme volatility, is there not? There's absolute extreme volatility, but if you're going to grab any of them, and I do like to grab one of them, it's uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones at his definite ADP. I know it's going to be volatile, but it doesn't matter that it's volatile because you're grabbing him as like your wide receiver four, your wide receiver five sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's money to me. That's that that's a bye week. Uh, that's a bye week filler. Easy money that is uh, a trade bait when he pops and booms for you to move off of. That's an injury that you could fill in. That's that's a chance. You know what I mean? That's that's a that's an upswing chance, and I love that uh, for him. Cooper. I like as again a real life football player. I think he's amazing. Gets some nice separation. Does a lot of things on the field nicely that open up other things for other players, but. I, I advocated that for the longest time when he was with the Oakland Raiders. I think it was 52% of his like fantasy production came in three games for like three straight years. And I was like, man, you can be a top 12 receiver all you want, but if you're only getting it three weeks, like, fuck, man. Like, that's the Sammy Watkins effect almost, right? Like week one, except you know Sammy's going to blow up week one. Um, and then faded of obscurity. So, like, that's another story. Yeah, you but, get uh, like you get like almost 150 points from Amari Cooper in three weeks. He finishes in like the top 12 with 250 points. But you had so many weeks where he's dropping five points or less for you. What about yeah. you, Ellis? Anything on the Cleveland Brands receivers? Yeah, I like uh, I like Jim's shout out to DPJ there because he's my favorite to win that second job too. However, in Dynasty, I just either want him or Bell. You take your pick, and I think I think it's worth a shot, and you could probably get them for not a lot. Uh, yeah, Cooper, though, cheap. yeah, and Cooper, though, I actually kind of disagree with you two. I mean, I agree it's it's very volatile and everything, but if you think of the receiving cores he's been with and the, and the quarterbacks and everything, like Michael Crabtree was also a top-12 receiver for one of the seasons when he had Carr, and then he had CeeDee Lamb and Gallup, so they're a good receiver, too. He's always had a lot of competition. As much as I could say, yeah, DBJ is a great sleeper, he is by far the best receiver, Cooper. By far the best receiver on that team and the most talented in everything. And I like, like I said, I think Brissett's functional. I think he could have a, you know, Michael Pittman last year esque kind of season where he's just the guy in town, right? He uh, maybe not, he's volatile. It might be the first half and the second half, but I think he could very well finish in the, around that 15, even if it's Brissett, even if it's Watson. I actually kind of like the value you're getting right now. He's going, I'm looking at um, fantasy football calculator right now. And I see him here at the five eleven, right by Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfro, Jerry Judy. Okay, Judy's pretty nice. though, I'll admit that, but I think that's a fine spot. And if you're in dynasty, if something comes out once again, which I'm, I'm really hoping that Watson gets suspended for a long time, 
you know, I think that's a great time to buy because people are kind of done with him. And he's at that kind of weird age where he's like old, but I don't know. It's his job. Old, it's his old team. but not old. They yeah, picked exactly. him up in a way that he's pretty much the wide receiver one, no matter who's starting at quarterback. That's going to be the guy who sees the most targets among the wide receivers. So I feel you on that. Let's move to your Cincinnati Bengals, Ellis. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are pretty much consensus wide receiver one, two, one A, one B, however you want to say it in Dynasty and in Redraft. And I wouldn't fault you either way. But this is an intriguing offense for wide receivers. Fifth last season in points per game at the wide receiver position. The Bengals averaged 43.9 points per game. They were one of only nine teams to eclipse that 90, that 40 per game mark. They generated 19 top 24 wide receiver performances. 19 in 17 games, including six in the top five. Five weeks, they also saw two or more top 24 wide receivers. Five. Five weeks, they put two top 24 wide receivers together. And three of those happened, I think, in the last, like, six weeks. It was insane what they put together. Um, They run one of the highest amounts of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers. They target the wide receiver at a top three rate. We'll start with you, Ellis. I mean, they may throw at a lower rate than people presume that they throw but at the end of the day they target the wide receiver position a ton and it feels like t higgins and jamar chase are are gold yeah it's fun to to watch and they're out a lot very well given and how to find that I am, as much as I hate to say, really, they're both. Actually, really going up. I mean, I've seen how he has a top. I think how I And in redraft, he's still going that top one. Understand that that team is good enough to support even help. Receivers, if they like they, that's possible, how around I've seen like for DJ, I kind of I think against my view, was so I'm just what you got because we know and top boys, that's all I can say about you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking here and I'm seeing T. Higgins going as a wide receiver 10 and Jamar Chase, well, Jamar Chase and underdogs are going as wide receiver 3. Cooper Cup's still going as a wide receiver 1. Jim, what are your thoughts on this? Like, I feel like, yes, Joe Burrow can sustain two top 24 wide receivers, but it feels like you would absolutely be taking T. Higgins at the ceiling, if not above the ceiling. What are your thoughts, Jim? You're, you're muted. That is correct. <laughs> um, no, my thoughts, my thoughts are on, on this stack. I really like, I really like Tyler Boyd. Um, I didn't even mention him. I feel up. like I disrespected him, but I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it's okay because I'll remember him. And. Uh, <laughs> 
listen, no, he was a guy that was already he was he's shown all three aspects of the level of the game there. He was Cincinnati's wide receiver one. Then he gracefully went to Cincinnati's wide receiver two when T. Higgins was drafted. Then he's pushed over and gracefully took the wide receiver three role. And every time produced and very well. If he's he's one injury away from stepping in, or like again, I said this this offense is gonna throw a fucking immense amount of times. Like I, I just I see them being on the heavier side of throwing in the league on like in the top ten on, on, on throwing these fucking balls around, like over overrunning it. But uh he's a guy that's 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 extreme value. He's a guy that I'd rather be like taking, like I already joked about, like he could be my team's wide receiver one. But like he's still even a guy that like I'm taking over potential teams wide receiver twos. I still want him. I want the Bengals three over some teams two. That's how shit their teams two is. Like right now, you want the Bengals three or, or the Ravens two? If you can name it. If you can name oh, it right now. Do you want do you want the 100% Ravens? Two? You want you want the three Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers any day over you could almost say over the one. You don't know what Rashad Bateman. You, I just asked Rashad, for the two. Rashad Bateman is get it. I get it. Opportunity knocks. Opportunities there. Whatever they might run more. Mark Andrews is going to be the number one target getter, obviously. But Ready? you and, could almost yeah. argue like Tyler Boyd, Rashad Bateman at thing. their ADPs. Like if you look, yeah, here's another one. Tyler Boyd. Take, I'll, stay, one I'll stay in the division. Do you want Tyler Boyd, the Bengals three, or do you want Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh's two? Tyler Boyd. Absolutely. So now I've gone in just this division. You want the Bengals three over this division's twos. Tyler Boyd That's is going nuts. wide receiver. And I already 51. know you want Tyler Boyd over DJP 51. or DPJ. You know what I mean? Oh, oh it, wait, Absolutely. So right now you want the Bengals three over every single other AFC North two. Ellis is just I got you like, tape. yeah, you tell me, you talk it. about Tyler Boyd. You talk about him. But but the point is, like, you want him ahead of all those guys. Guess who's getting drafted ahead of Tyler Boyd? All except for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. Those guys. I just want to say, Jamar Chase finished wide receiver five. Sure. T. Higgins, wide receiver 24. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 31. Tyler Boyd is going as a wide receiver 51 on underdog right now. Perfect. Imagine where he's going in dynasty. Imagine the absolute insane value you're getting on this guy going as the 51st wide receiver off the board. I'm hoping nobody in my Scott Fishbowl league is listening right now, but (laughs) I'm hoping to hit Tyler Boyd um, in round 13. As my our, as my wide receiver seven six I think six or seven like it's, it's a nice. steal it's 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 a steal at the end of the day you can throw that guy in the flex and when I said that they had five games with wide receiver twos in the top twenty four I'm quite certain if I remember correctly Tyler Boyd was two he was a wide receiver he can do those five yes he can fucking do it exactly absolutely. Ellis, you, so, you look like you want to say something. Say it. Yeah, well, I, I love the title, boy, love. I didn't want to interrupt any of you guys there. But I, I <laughs> what about T. Higgins, though? Like, where are you two taking T. Higgins, and where do you see him finishing? Let's say redraft and – yeah, let's let's just go with redraft right now because Dynasty I, I is mean, hard with age. I looked it up. So the back nine yeah. weeks of the season, him and Chase were wide receiver 10-11. They were side by side. But in a total season – 
Chase finished five. He finished 24th. There's a massive discrepancy going on there, and he had the additional time with Joe Burrow in the year prior. There's no way I can justify him at wide receiver 10, 11, 12. Zero chance. Can't do it. No chance. Impossible. Because we know on any given season, back to back to back, like sustaining top 24 wide receivers, okay. But that doesn't even happen that often back to back to back seasons or back to back seasons, whatever you want to say. There's no way Joe Burrow, and I'm sorry, Ellis, there's no way he sustains two top 12 wide receivers for any more than, I don't think he can even do it for a season. Go back in time and look at it. It's probably so rare that someone sustained two top 12 wide receivers and you have to spend that value on T. Higgins. No chance. Zero, I go there. Jim? I'm out. No, I'm out. Uh, just because I already advocated for Tyler Boyd, I'm a, I'm a guy that rarely stacks, even though the Bengals would be an exception, where <laughs> I would stack two of their wide receivers. Um, last year, I would. T. Higgins was an absolute value. This year, no, because he's not. He's not the value. Who's going around him? I guarantee there's other wide receivers I'd rather have going around. No offense, but like going around them. If you want to look at wide receivers alone, I mean, you'd be taking T Higgins. You'd be taking, he's side by side with Tyree kill and AJ Brown. You'd be taking him ahead of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Marquise Brown, Cortland, oh, Jalen Waddle, Terry Moore. McLaurin. Like I'm it's taking a DJ easy. You're, no you're taking the number two and a, I agree, admittedly, a very high-octane offense over the number one in a large number of offenses, high and low-octane. And it's fine for the three. And like I said, I already advocated for Tyler Boyd, so that's like another thing. Like where I think you're taking T. Higgins, like last year, absolutely, I advocated take T. Higgins. Sure, like go for it. Like he was he was a value and Tyler Boyd. I mean, I think Tyler Boyd was a little higher mm -hmm. in ADP than he was this year, which is Kind of all of them jamar chase anyway. even was gay like i saw dan brown posted that he posted a buy on uh one year ago today he reevaluated a buy on on jamar chase because jamar chase was going as 24 he was going at the end of round two in startups and now he's your consensus wide receiver one essentially him or justin jefferson flip a coin one a one b like yeah. because of drops the big thing was drops in the offseason with Jamar Chase and people were like, eh. Like, <laughs> nah, no. Uh, now you know. Now you know. You want to add anything, Ellis? Yeah, I was going to say the Higgins thing is, you're right. I think odds are obviously they're not both top 12. I like that you mentioned, uh, I believe you mentioned Keenan Allen around him too because to me that that is the, almost the comp is if he's going to do it, it's not necessarily Keenan Allen, but it's Mike Williams. Mike Williams finishes the WR9, I believe, last year. There's off a lot of big games and stuff. I think Higgins is just as good as Mike Williams. I think they're actually quite similar. Who knows? If Burrow goes nuclear again, Chase can do what he did last year, which I know is a big ask. Right? He could still be that kind of top five guy. And if Higgins can hit enough big games, enough big plays, enough of those uh, end zone targets, then I, I could see a world. But you're right. I'm not taking – maybe it's a mental thing of him being the two. That I'm not taking him over the clear-cut ones that you listed off as in – uh, like your DJ Moore. I mean, I know Jim was talking about him. So that's all I got to add. 
Baltimore Ravens. To me, it's Bateman or bust here. They want to run the ball more. They recorded 35 pass attempts per game, the first time over 30 since Amar became the full-time quarterback. It sounds like the offense is just wanting to move to that run-heavy strategy, use Mark Andrews, maybe two tight end approaches, Isaiah Likely in the in the mixer. And wide receivers in Baltimore already saw limited looks with the 11th lowest percentage of targets last season, despite throwing the ball even more. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. It hasn't been a wide receiver-friendly offense. There's only one of them. There's only Rashad Bateman. I get it. Um, But at this point, we are looking at Rashad Bateman. He is going as the wide receiver 26 in underdog. Sandwiched between DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Darnell Mooney. Ellis, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Rashad Bateman? What are your thoughts on the overall wide receiver landscape in Baltimore. It just doesn't seem that good. I think, I think Bateman, he has a talent. And I love that about him. I think in any other class, you know, he could have been, he would have been touted a lot higher than because really he has the talent to be, to be a one. He has everything. And so I, I actually, I, I really like him. I think he's going to get the targets. Once again, it's the team, the running that it's going to be hard for him to crack that top 15, top 12. But I think I got him right around my receiver 2024. 20, and and I love him there. And I'm happy I have him as my two. I think LJ is going to have a good year, as we talked about before. But really, kind of what I think is more interesting is who might be that two in that offense or receiver two. And James Prochet or Prosh, whatever you want to call it, has been great. He, in camp, everything you hear about camp is he's been the guy. And look at his competition. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, look at his competition. You have special teamers. And I love Devin Duvernay. He was a pro he was a pro bowler for returning, I believe, last year. And also Tylen Wallace, he's a fast guy too. But there isn't really a clear second receiver. And I know it hasn't been a valuable position in the past. Bateman started last year injured. If Bateman starts last year, it starts this year injured again, which I don't wish injury upon anyone. You know, who's the guy? Well, it's been it's James. It's James Prochet. It's gonna be him. And that's everything we've heard. So in Dynasty, once again, I picked him up off the wire. I don't have high hopes. Who knows? The fact is, is I think he's a lot closer to fantasy relevance than his name currently suggests, which I don't even know if he has an ADP because he's so far down there. I can Perfect. guarantee I won't go too far down, but I know they are way down there. When you're staring down Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 51, you know those two names are going to be way down there. But Jim, what about your thoughts on the Ravens wide receivers? Well, it's Mark Andrews or bust from a dynasty perspective. Oh. Listen, man, I like, listen, I like Bateman. I like him, man. I touted him coming out. Uh, I'm happy to see that he was able to push Hollywood Brown to another team. Like that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. But um, where he's getting drafted now, if you drafted him as a believer, as a rookie, you need to be cashing in on him right now. Like this is that is the ultimate cash in for him right now. Like get like that's that's my look at it, man. Like I don't think he's ever gonna produce higher trade value than he is right now. I think he's now only gonna go down. And if you can flip for your team and get a similar asset, um, because I can face it, like he was guaranteed probably on like fifty percent of your taxi squads that that probably had him, right? He didn't even need him. On sat on your taxi squad because fuck you didn't pull him off and he was hurt and then hey look at that you're doing okay you don't need to pull him off you don't need to pull him off you don't need to pull him off you keep riding him 
And then like that, uh, that was like for me anyway, at least, at least three or four of my teams, he just sat literally on my taxi squad. Now guys are asking for him. I'm instantly ready to flip him. Are you crazy for a taxi squad player? I never once saw the field for me and I can get uh, a first round pick for him and a player or a second round pick and a player or like, or just a first round pick. Like, absolutely, man. Like, Again, like I, I don't take the first offer coming to you, right? And like I asked for some pretty crazy offers coming right off the bat, but I always expect them to be rejected and, and come back with with something a little lighter. But you know, what's the harm in swinging for like uh, Jamison Williams and a second round pick? Not not that bad, I don't think, man. I don't think that's crazy. I like Jameson it. Jamison Williams is in a very similar situation Bateman was in last year. I agree. I agree. I like it. I, I just think, like, I agree with you. Jameson Williams just fits the mold of what teams are looking for in a wide receiver now. It feels like he's a guy who can find the most success versus what Rashad Bateman might find in a very low-octane offense from a passing perspective. Lastly, we'll hit on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitch Trubisky, he targeted the wide receiver position. Uh, the it was a, They were in the bottom 12 in the two years that he was the quarterback in Chicago, um, there were only two weeks the Steelers didn't have a top 24 wide receiver all last season, which to me is pretty impressive despite the train wreck of an offense that they were ranking 20th or worse in completion efficiency in yards per attempt for old Big Ben. Uh, Deontay Johnson finished wide receiver eight uh, after a wide receiver 22 in, yard, in uh, points per game season. And Claypool actually improved, becoming the wide receiver 33 in points per game after a wide receiver 35 season. So they both finished with a horrible offense, in a horrible offense, in a horrible situation. And you both seem to be alluding to that Mitch Trubisky could give them a better offensive situation than Ben Roethlisberger did. So I'll start with you, Jim. What are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, receivers? I never actually said he'd give you a better offensive situation than Big Ben did. I've always said he might give you a better arm than Big Ben did, but Big Ben, you're <laughs> definitely – listen, I said Big Ben knew one thing, and it was defenses, that's for sure. I mean, he got hit mm -hmm. fucking enough to know him. So uh, he was smart, though. Like, Ben audibled you out and, and got you into situations. I never once said Mitch was smarter than Ben uh, mm -hmm. on that. Um, I said Mitch had the tools to succeed. I never said he was better I like than it. Ben. Um, what about but, Deontay and Chase? Uh, I think Chase is almost being forgotten about in, in, in some leagues that, that I'm in, but rightfully so because I would personally wait and take, as I argued, and so would you. I'd rather take Tyler Boyd and just a, a Bengals wide receiver three over, over that team's – over any team's wide receiver two. And I didn't say the wide receiver two for, for the Ravens because I didn't want to get in an argument. But I totally had it as James Prost. So, like, I'm pumped that. Hey, how ironic. <laughs> we have a, another impromptu double-double with Chase Claypool and Tyler Boyd. Wide receiver 50, wide receiver 51. But, I mean, to be honest, like, if you're looking at it, wide receiver 21 for Deontay Johnson, I really like. Because you know Deontay Johnson is going to be fed targets. He's been fed targets the last two seasons. I think he's and going I, around DK, if, though, no? ahead ahead by a smidge dk is going as the wide receiver 24 deontay wide receiver 21 
43 and 51, you might have a chance of getting both of them if you really want both of them, but to that me just sounds like a disaster i'm sorry i gotta cut you off there man that is cut, cut me off no way you... there's no way i'm touching those two man i'd rather have bateman over both of them honestly i'm gonna say that right now i know i was gonna chime in when y'all were talking about bateman because i guess i'm hotter than most and i i thought i was pretty neutral on him uh i i'm worried about johnson i'm really really worried about johnson dk that's a whole nother topic that we could go on for a while and i'm just i'm just avoiding him but johnson this offense is going to be a lot different. And really, once again, it comes down to what you think of the of the QB. I think that, yeah, Trubisky might be able to actually have a better offense than Ben did, but not when it comes to targets. And that's what Najee and Johnson were living off of with these targets. It was every play they were getting fed. It was one or the other. Trubisky, I think, is going to take a lot more shots, which probably ends up in picks. But also that means probably Chase Claypool. And so I, I, like, I think Claypool's – a bit of boom, boom or bust. I think he might be a really good best ball guy, probably where he's going to. Uh, like in best ball, give me Chase Claypool over Boyd, 100%. Uh, in redraft, you know, I'd rather flex every week, let's say. I'd rather flex Tyler Boyd. Uh, but yeah, no, when it comes to Johnson, I actually just looked it up on Keep Trade Cut. So on their dynasty rankings, they have Johnson and Bateman side by side. In dynasty, who are y'all taking? I mean, Bateman, if we... I if... know I can flip them for more. If we believe that the situation is going to get better in Pittsburgh, which it seems like we do believe around here that there's a chance that they, if the right opportunity comes for a quarterback, they're going to take it. I mean, I think I'd, I think I'd go Johnson because I feel like that that's going to be a higher pass in offense. And at the end of the day, the ball's got to go somewhere. And although you're going to throw the ball more like at most deep ball targets per game average, the highest, the highest you're getting is five. So that's what four, three or four targets going guaranteed towards Chase Claypool or George Pickens. Deontay Johnson, if you're throwing the ball 30 to 35 times a game, is still likely to see seven to 10 targets. And that is in a high octane passing offense or a better passing offense than the Baltimore Ravens, where you could be seeing five to five to seven or eight for Rashad Bateman, but how effective are those going to be? How many deep balls are those going to be? That Rashad Bateman's not going to be the deep ball guy. Rashad Bateman's going to be the guy who works in the middle of the field, works with Mark Andrews, in my opinion. So to me, I'd take Deontay Johnson. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at the average deep ball throws, you're not looking at Chase Claypool ain't getting 10 targets throwing a deep ball. He's getting four to six targets a game, if that. So... Deontay for me. Yeah, no, I appreciate the the answer, the analysis, because, yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on that, too. And, and a lot of it is, do you think Deontay is going to stay, in my opinion? Because if he does, well, do you believe in Pickett or do you think they're going to draft? And I don't think he, I don't, yeah, I refuse him. I don't mm -hmm. think he does stay. And that means that if he doesn't stay and you think they're going to draft another guy, then I'd be buying everything I could of Chase Claypool. Uh, let's shout out Abbotsford Native, too, um, or George Pickens as well. I'd be, I'd be buying them because, but if you think it's going to be Pickett, I don't believe in Pickett and I'd be selling them for whatever you can get. So mm -hmm. to me, it's, it's take your stance. Next year, it's Chase Clay and John. Yeah. 
it's such a weird situation there. Like you're never gonna figure out the true ramifications of the situation until they decide what they want to do at the quarterback position, which makes it so hard. But with the way the wide receiver position is going and the spending that is happening somebody's going to get bumped out there. And you know if you pay a guy, you're going to target the guy. And we talked about it last week with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You're going to probably target the guy you just paid to become the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is going to likely see the more targets in Jalen Waddle. It just makes sense. This makes most sense to me. But let's go into the tight ends. We'll each grab one tight end. I'll go with Mark Andrews because I have talked ad nauseum about Mark Andrews. So it's only fair, Jim, that I take a quick shot at Mark Andrews while I have a minute. I've sang my story about Mark Andrews. Look at the opportunity with Huntley. He produced 35% of his points in 29% of games behind the arm of Huntley. With Huntley, he had 22.16 points per game, which was an average, which was a season pace of 376.72 points. With Jackson, and I never really dove into this number. Now that I've dove into this number, this amazes me. He was on pace for 15.86 points per game, which is 269.59 in a total season. Both paces would have made him the tight end one. No matter which way you go, 22 points per game, 15.86 points per game, he was going to become the tight end one for you at the end of the season based on the total number. One is good for seven points better than the tight end two. The other is 107 points better than than Travis Kelsey as a tight end two. I've been skeptical, but he's going as a tight end two. You might be able to get him as a tight end three. It all depends on how you want to swing the bat here. is the juice worth worth the squeeze based on everything we've talked about with the Baltimore Ravens? Yes. I would say yes, the juice is worth the squeeze. Whether you get him as a tight end two or you get him as a tight end three because Kyle Pitts is probably going as a tight end one, I think it is worth the squeeze because I think he is going to lead the Ravens in targets as long as he is around. Ellis, I'll pass on to you. You had the idea of tight ends and go each of us take one. Give us uh, Give us yours. But you know, and let's put Hayden Hurst. Now let's talk about how he could be. Then he's had a couple. I love you, Donald. But first round pick. And remember his Lance got signed, free pits and everything. A lot of love for him because he now he's back in the division that drafted him more, but he could be a strong part. Talk about Boyd having a role, talk about Higgins having a role, Jason. So, the fact is, is not much, and Drew Samples a block. There is one. Already lost. It, it's basically everything else left for me. Three big games. Best ball, I love him. People talk about drafting to three tight ends, lower fall, I was, and I'd say same with a joke for I see high and a lot of down weeks. Yeah, I, I really, I, I was thinking about 
talking about Hayden Hurst because the biggest thing to me is there's never been in the Joe Burrow era, I, the tight ends have never seen any more than 85 targets total, total. So to me, Hayden Hurst is like a high, he's a low risk potential upside guy. So I really like that you brought him up because I had some things to talk about there. He could be very volatile, but he could have some very good opportunity. So I like that one. Ellis, Jim, anything you want to mention on the tight end front? Uh, well, we all know I like Pat. I mean, <clears throat> that's that's my thing, right? Like, I love I love Pat Fryermuth. Um, don't like where he's getting drafted again. He seems to be hitting that tight end dead zone. You know what I mean? Where around like Gasecki, Komet, Irv Smith, Noah Fant, Albert O. But uh, <clears throat> um, from a dynasty's point, like I like him. Because I am not a believer that Deontay Johnson sticks around next year. I believe he is gone. Uh, like I was alluding to before, I think this team's on the that team's on the decline. They were built similar to the to the way Bengals are, except Bengals are paying their guys. They got their guys under rookie contracts or or extensions, and 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 their guys are locking up for you know one two years and, and hitting their run now while Pittsburgh is declining. So. Um, yeah, I like Pat. He was a good go-to guy on third downs when it came to uh, Ben Roethlisberger, so I don't see that really changing with, with Mitch Trubitsky. When you got to move the chains, uh, I would expect that, you know, if a future Hall of Fame quarterback was looking at him, that, that Mitch is at least smart enough to, to keep looking for him looking for him there too. So uh, and, and he did some nice damage in, in the end zone too. So uh, I like him as a dynasty aspect. I don't like him as a redraft though where he's getting drafted right about now. I like it. And before we wrap things up, I had one fun fact. Jacoby Brissett targeted the tight end position over 140 times in his two fantasy relevant seasons in Indianapolis. Something to keep in mind, depending on the news that finally comes out about suspensions and who's the starting quarterback in Cleveland. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen. This was an hour and 29 minutes full of fun. I wish we could have talked about the tight end position more, but unfortunately we didn't get that opportunity. But this was a good time. Uh, shout out to the True North Fantasy Football Network. Of course, as always, follow them at True North FFB on Twitter. The TNFF Network, where you're watching us right now on YouTube, TrueNorthFFB.com, on the old dinner web. Thank you so much for joining us. Ellis, uh, yo, it's Ellis underscore FF on Twitter. He is a writer for Avroto Baller, and you can also find him on the Fantasy Pros. He's contributing over there sometimes. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Don't forget to follow Jim, Gold Jacket QBs, as always, myself at Connor Den, T E N, as well. And shout out to all the incredible sponsors. Obviously, we talk so much, we haven't gotten a chance to shout them out as much. Viridian Global, as always. Underdog, which we shout out at the top of the show every time. And Trophy Smack, as always. Use that code TNFF. Um, and you have an incredible opportunity to get a free ring with whatever your purchase is. Um, Jim, anything you want to say before we uh, get out? Nope. Ellis? No. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to do it again. I know you want to talk about so many more players and so many more divisions tonight. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. And we will see you next Thursday.
this is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life.